Good day, brothers and sisters, and here we are once again to see my school of Christ, and we're going to go ahead and continue with our class, uh, The Great Mercy of God. And as you can tell, uh, I'm not at the school building. We're currently uh, preparing, getting ready uh, for our conference, our summer conference, our June conference, and let me just see if I've got the dates on that where I can give them to you. Yeah, our uh, summer, our June summer conference uh which will be from June the 22nd, Monday the 22nd, through Friday the 26th. And uh, we're just doing a lot of, you know, touch-up cleaning and uh, different things like that, all in preparation to, you know, for all those who will be coming during the conference time. <clears throat> and I did my I did my Berea class yesterday, and and there was a lot going on, and I have allergies to dust, so... That's one of the reasons why I'm over here. And, and also, you may have noticed um, we didn't have our Wednesday night uh, Bible class, and that was why, because we were kind of working through, you know, on into the evening during the time of the class. We were still working and doing things. But forgive me, we didn't get an announcement out there, but I'm making an announcement right now. So if our schedule of classes seems a little bit interrupted, it, this is the reason why. We're just doing everything in preparation for this, uh, for our summer conference once again. <clears throat> and uh, if you need any information on that, uh, you can find it on our website. I think it's under uh, it's under. Can't remember what link it's under. I'll give it to you real quick here. Yeah, under uh, fellowship information on our on our homepage, if you go and scroll down to where it says uh, fellowship information, <clears throat> and then you just uh, click upcoming conferences, and it'll show you CMI 2015 Summer Bible Conference. So all the information right there. Um, there's a flyer, and it gives you lodging information, and additional lodging information, and if you need more information. Uh, you can email us as well. But anyway, that's that's how you get to that. Uh, but we are, as I as I stated it, uh, as I mentioned, we are uh, preparing for that uh, conference. We believe it's just going to be a really good time in the Lord, a real precious time. <clears throat> Lord's really doing a whole lot in all of our hearts, uh, and we're on board. <laughs> Colloquialism, we're with Him. You know, basically, we're with whatever he wants to do, and it's always the same. What he wants to do is bring the heart under the person of his son. And that's, you know, even even with the theme of our class here, the great mercy of God, it is in God's mercy that he prepares the ground of our heart and we're going to actually be looking at that in one of uh, our reference verses during the class, but it's in His mercy and in His truth that He prepares the ground of our heart for His face. And everything is working unto that end, unto that sure, sure expectation. A sure expectation <clears throat> The Lord doesn't present 
to to man, the Lord doesn't present to the soul a false expectation, a false hope. No, He presents a sure hope, a sure expectation. And what I mean by sure expectation is, uh, how shall I put it? It's every everything on this earth is really uncertain. Uh, everything in regard to man is so uncertain. Uh, even even in examples I may give, you know, are so uncertain. But I'll just give an example. Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, concerning the things of man and the expectations of man, it's kind of like uh, winning. Just like this. It's like getting the winning ticket for the McDonald's Monopoly game piece. You know, you get the winning ticket. And we all know that's like a needle in a haystack. Well, it's like getting the winning ticket for the McDonald's Monopoly game piece when you don't even play or collect the pieces. It's like winning the state lottery. Like like having the state lottery ticket. Winning the state lottery when you don't even play the lottery. You see what I mean? It's that type of man's expectation. It is always uncertain. It's not sure. But the expectation of the Lord is sure. It is sure because um, because there is an expected end. And as we've been seeing <clears throat> with Abram, and we, we touched on it a lot uh, during our last class, but as we were seeing with Abram, is basically this. Abram lived in the divine expectation he lived by faith. He walked by faith. He lived from, from one appearing to the Lord to the next appearing of the Lord. To the next appearing of the Lord. And that's what the expectation of his heart was. From appearing to appearing to appearing. His expectation was beholding the Lord. A sure expectation. And I love that. I love that not only does, and we'll, we'll see it right here in, in our passage, but not only does Abram have that expectation in his heart, that very expectation of God, that very divine, eternal expectation is also realized in his heart. And see, that's the thing. That is the sure expectation of God. The sure expectation of God. That is actually the purpose for which God calls the soul in the first place. And we've seen it uh, with the example of Abram. Abraham. God called our father Abraham. Uh, Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 3 through 4, somewhere in there. Called our father Abraham. There's the calling. From the very beginning, God calls. But for what? Unto a land I will show thee. And in our previous classes, we all know that the land that God shows is the land 
that is full of His glory. That's why the Apostle Paul, as he continued in the appearing of Christ, declared this. And, you know, he even states the whole the whole source of everything that he does, everything that he says, everything that he understands, everything that he declares. He states the source of it, and it's in Galatians. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, there you have it. There is Acts chapter 7, verses like 1 through 3. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran and said, and called him out unto a land I will show thee. Well, back with the Apostle Paul, who um, separated me from my mother's womb, called me by his grace to reveal his son in me in the land in the soul and once again we have been equating the promised land as the soul because that is exactly what it is it's the soul God creates the soul for one purpose for his son to dwell in at the moment of new birth his son is present in the soul but as we've seen in our classes the heart and soul of the one who is born again is completely ignorant of the one who is present in the midst. He is present in the soul from the moment of new birth, and yet the heart and soul remains completely ignorant of the one who is present. So the Lord continues in His tender mercy and ever-abounding grace, preparing the ground of our heart till it will yet once again turn to behold, to see the one who's present. So, <clears throat> it's, and this is the divine expectation. This is the eternal expectation, the beholding of the one who's present. And this is for all mankind. This isn't just for a certain special few. No, 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 no. 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 This is the very purpose for which God created the soul of man. Whether man comes to that purpose or not, and having come to that purpose by the Father drawing him through the Spirit, by the Spirit of the Lord bringing him, having come to that purpose, being born again, whether he continues on to serve that purpose, whether he continues on to the goal, to the expected end, the beholding of the one who's present. And see, we've seen it with Abram. God, God does not change his mind. No, he doesn't change his mind. He does not change his mind. See, that's why, <clears throat> I mean, even to this day, you probably know someone who is not born again. Well, does that mean that salvation is not offered? No. Salvation is there for all. Salvation has been provided for all. But not all will receive that salvation. Not all desire that salvation. That doesn't change the fact that salvation is provided for all. No, it doesn't change it one bit. Now, for those who are born again, if they do not continue, if they basically camp out in Haran, just like Abram, that doesn't change the purpose. No. 
the Lord just continues to reiterate unto the heart, unto the soul, His purpose. Unto a land I will show thee. It doesn't change the mind of God. It doesn't change the purpose of God because Christ does not change. All right. So let's go, just go ahead and uh, continue here <clears throat> with, uh, with our class. Uh, and what I wanted to do during, during this class was just kind of look at uh, John chapter 8, verses 51 through 59. But I want to go ahead and just read so the preceding verses, and we I, I believe we've covered these in a previous class, probably last class, forgive me. Uh, I kind of get mixed up with, with the classes here. <clears throat> but I want us to look at just the preceding verses, just to kind of uh, lay the whole foundation for this class. Just, just bring out some things that'll that'll make this passage that we're going to look at mean so much more. All right, let's look at um, John chapter eight, verse. We'll, we'll go ahead and start with with verse thirty. Now, the passage that we're going to be looking at is verse fifty-one through fifty-nine, especially verse fifty-six. But let's just go ahead and start with verse 30 and we'll read verse 30 through 32 right? as Jesus spake these words many believed on him and I'm, I'm reading out of the King James Bible uh, it's actually a, a parallel Bible I guess you call it uh, it's Spanish and English because I use this uh, for my Spanish classes too um, <clears throat> oh and just by the way sorry <laughs> a short little announcement since I mentioned Spanish um I just want to, and I'll probably do this uh, in my Spanish classes and in other classes. Forgive me, I didn't mention it at the beginning. Um, we're getting ready to, uh, also in preparations for our uh, Mexico Bible Conference this July. It's their 50th year anniversary uh, for the school. And uh, I just want to say thank you to all those who have responded uh, already. I've I shot out some emails to everyone in my contact list. Um, just seeing who would who would like to help uh, purchase uh, some concordance, concordance, Spanish Strong's concordances, and basically the thought is, what, what's on my heart is to be able to have something to provide to pastors who would come during that time of celebration that uh, currently do not have such a tool uh, to utilize. So I wanted something there, and I just sent out an email, and I'm very thankful for those of you who've responded. I could start, start rattling off names, but uh, I won't. That way, uh, that way, no one will feel bad if I didn't mention your name. But I'm so thankful for the ones who have responded um, and have said, yes, I'll help out by uh, purchasing one or X amount or by donating such X amount, you know, just for that purpose. So thank you for that. <clears throat> All right, um, let's see. Verse 30 of John chapter 8. As, as Jesus spake these words, many believed on him. Okay, these are the ones who believed on him. Now, they're Jews, but they believed on him. You could very well say, uh, these are believers. All right, going on. As he spake these words, many believed on him. And then, verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. You see, these, these weren't 
these were not the ones who were at this moment rejecting him. No, they were believing on him by his very words. Believing on him. But I want to just bring that out because it's going to make a it's going to make a whole lot of things just blossom in our passage here. All right? Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, then. And see, that's the whole key, is continuing. And as I stated, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's not good enough to not be born again. Uh, no, I can't just... I can't say it that way. Uh, you must be born again. God creates the soul, created the soul for one purpose. And to come to that purpose, you must be born again. All right? Having been born again, it's not good enough just to be born again. You must come to that purpose for which God created the soul, the appearing of Christ in it. You must continue, continue. And that's why uh, the Lord even told Abram, okay, now arise, Abram, and walk through the land, motion, progress, continue. And forgive me, um, I don't mean progress like you're, you're pro progressing and uh, gaining more. No, 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 no. Uh, I mean it as in, as in motion. You're going forward. You're going unto the prize, even as Paul stated it. You're laying hold of the prize. You're setting your eyes upon the ark that is before you and going after it. You see what I mean? There's the divine expectation. And um, let's see where we were at. Yeah. And Abram walked in the appearing of the Lord. He continued in the appearing of the Lord because that during this time uh, in Genesis uh, 15 where we, where we are, where we've been, during this time, this is the third time the Lord appears in the land and just the times that I've marked down. Okay. <clears throat> but it's the third time the Lord appears in the land. So Abraham is continuing in purpose. He's continuing to serve the purpose of the Lord in his generation. And he's continuing in the will of God. Okay, so back to John chapter 8. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Basically saying, and you shall know me. If you continue, you shall know me. And you can, you can plainly see it. Jesus says, I am your freedom. Very simple. <clears throat> and I don't mean simple like, oh, like it's very easy. No, no, no. It's very simple. Very. Uh, we've, we looked at it in previous classes. Very Singular, not complex, not multitudes, not many, but one. Very simple. Christ. Christ, the Son of God. That's it. All right. And I know that many of you will agree with me. Even the Jews, just to whatever degree, agreed just with that, that they were expecting a Messiah. They were waiting for the Messiah to come. <clears throat> Unfortunately, they rejected him. Um... Uh, all right, so that's through verse 32. But this Jesus was speaking to those Jews 
who believed on him. Excuse me. All right, now verse 39. They answered and said unto him, Abraham, our father, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. And I think that's what we covered our last class, the works of Abraham. You would do the works of Abraham. And we know that Abraham lived in expectation of the appearing of the Lord. And I, <clears throat> I think I read it in one of the Spanish translations uh, where he basically says, what good is your blessing? What good are your gifts apart from the Son? To Abraham, everything that God could give him, everything that God could present to him, meant nothing to him apart from Christ. Christ, the Son of the living God, meant everything to this man. And brother and sister, if we continue by the tender mercy and ever-abounding grace of God, if we continue, Christ, the Son of the living God, will mean just as much unto us. And everything else will mean nothing if it is apart from Him. <clears throat> Alright. They answered and said unto him, verse 39, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. And see, they're claiming Abraham is something great, something big, and saying, Hey, Abraham's great. Uh, what about you? And that's, you can see that throughout this whole chapter. But uh, let's just go ahead and start with verse 51 here. And I've got it printed out. I'll just read it off my notes here. Verse 51 through 59. This is Jesus. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. And I think we might have covered it in our last class. Why? Because he is beholding life in the face of Christ. If a man keep guard my saying, he shall never see death. Verse uh, 52. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast the devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest... If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Well, Jesus said, see death. Sorry, just a little different. Verse 53, art thou greater? Here we go. They hold Abraham in high esteem. And the Messiah who is present before them, they know not. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead? Who, who, who makest thou thyself? Who do, you, who do you make yourself to be? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet, uh, yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying. <clears throat> I know him, and keep his saying. And then earlier, remember verse uh, 51 where Jesus says, If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Because he shall be beholding life 
in the face in the person of Christ himself and he will know him who is life I, I love this I love this Jesus Jesus basically says this is this is this is this is what it is all right <clears throat> verse 56 uh, your father Abraham rejoiced and this is the term we're going to be looking at this term rejoiced rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad then said the Jews unto him thou art not yet 50 years old and hast thou seen Abraham see they're they're still comparing Jesus to Abraham they see Abraham is greater have you seen Abraham and the whole issue is not about seeing Abraham not about seeing the one who testified of the substance well this is just a testimony it's about seeing the substance the son of God himself it's about seeing Christ they just don't know and see that's just like us we we have it all backwards you know have you seen Abraham? Have you seen this type and shadow? Or have you seen this passage? We get so, just like these Jews, we get so caught up in the quote-unquote things of God that we are definitely not walking in the steps of our father Abraham. Because once again, remember, what will you... just Genesis chapter 15, verses like 1 through 6... He said, I think it's like verse 2. He says, What will you give me seeing I go childless, seeing I go without a son? And in the different translations that we read, he basically says, Your blessings mean nothing to me. Your gifts mean nothing to me apart from the son. And we, like these Jews here, hast thou seen Abraham? And the Spirit of the Lord continues preparing the ground of our heart, preparing the ground of our soul, that it may turn and behold the one who is greater than Abraham, the one who is greater than the very testimony. Because the one who is greater is Christ Himself, the substance of everything that the testimony declares. but only the Spirit of the Lord can bring us. And that's just reality. I mean, uh, you, can, you can look at it this way. It is of God that you're born again. Not of man, not of the will of man, not of the will of flesh, but of God. Man can't do this. And it, all, it is also of God that you know the one who's present. Because if God does not reveal the one who's present, you cannot know him. Impossible. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. That's why we call it a miracle. All right. All right. Going on. <clears throat> Sorry, I got off for a second. Um, Hast thou seen Abraham? Verse 58. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. 
And I, I read a commentary, and forgive me, I can't remember which commentary it was. I, I've read several different dictionaries, lexicons, and commentaries. <laughs> but uh, one of them said something like, he did not say before Abraham was, I was. No. No. He's very specific. Before Abraham was, I am, without beginning and without end, eternal, above, above. And it's in the Gospel of John where Jesus declares, you are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Outside of this world. And see, look at this, verse 59. And this, is, this always happens with us. Uh, when we are confronted with the truth, that the testimony is declaring, when we are confronted with the reality of God being presented to our heart, to our soul. See, remember once again, verse 30 through 32, Jesus was speaking this to those Jews who believed on Him. These weren't the ones who were rejecting Him. These were the ones who believed on Him because of the words that He was speaking. But see, the same thing happens in all of us. Verse 59, Then they took up stones to cast at him. These are the ones that believed on him. These very ones that took up stones to cast at him are the ones who earlier believed on him. But see, the thing is, is that they had a concept. They had their concept. They had their ideas of what they believed of what they believed God to be, of what they believed themselves to be, and of what they believed their relationship with God was, and what God's relationship to them was. And it was all based on the Scripture. And yet they were blind to the Messiah who was present in the midst. The rest of verse 59. They took up stones to cast at Him, but Jesus hid Himself and went out of the temple, listen to this, going through the midst of them and so passed by. Completely blind to the one who's in the midst. And see, brother and sister, we get so offended. I know I did, and I know I do. Every time the Spirit of the Lord is preparing the ground of my heart and I will say this, it is the offense is becoming less and less because I'm recognizing the goal in view, the expectation in view. Why is my heart being prepared? Why is my soul being prepared? Why is the ground of my heart, the ground of my soul being prepared? For one, to bear the appearing of the one who's present in the midst. I know that now. So it gets a little easier, it does. But... When this is happening, we are so offended because we know not the one who is in the midst. And once again, these were Jews who believed on Him, who had an expectation of the Messiah. Right? Their concept of the Messiah, how He would come, what He would be like, what He would do, etc., etc., etc. And when the Messiah shows up, He did not live up to their expectation. And yet he is the eternal 
everlasting divine expectation of God for the soul. And it's the same with us. We're, con- we're confronted with the truth. We're confronted with the reality of God. And we reject it. And we even want to pick up stones ourselves and cast at it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, say that, I say that jokingly, but it is true. It happens all on the inside. And as I, as I stated, the Lord knows. You know, there's nothing in Him that we should desire Him. You know, in Isaiah, and I think I read it in our last class, possibly forgive me if I didn't, but uh, in Isaiah it says, we hid as it were our faces from Him. That's what we do. That's naturally what we do. Naturally, we do not choose life. Naturally, we choose death. But the Spirit of the Lord continues faithful, preparing the ground of our heart, preparing the ground of our soul, that He may cause us to choose life turn and behold life in the person of Christ himself, the Son of God. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so here's our passage. John 8, chapter, 5, uh, John chapter 8, verse 51 through 59. And setting the ground for that is verse 30 through 32 and verse 39. All right. So we're going to go ahead and look at that term rejoiced. It's Strong's number 21 in the Greek, and it's a uh, Agaliao, Agaliao, something like that. Forgive me for my pronunciation, but it's from uh, from the Greek word agan, which means much, and uh, Strong's number two forty two properly, and this is the Strong's uh, Greek dictionary. It says properly to jump for joy, that is exult, to jump for joy, leap. For joy, and I think there's a verse that they uh, that they quote later on here somewhere, where where uh, Mary goes to meet Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says, you know, the babe in me, John the Baptist, leaped for joy because to whatever degree, beyond natural mind, beyond natural sight beyond natural hearing he recognized the expectation of God Christ himself and so he leaps for joy this is listen listen to verse 56 once again your father Abraham leapt for joy leaped for joy to see my day and he saw it and was glad. And see, that's the thing. We're we're always trying to put things off into the future. And, you know, I've even read some commentators that say, yeah, he saw it in the future, you know, someday, someday, you know, but he saw it by faith. He saw it because he believed the promises of God. No, Jesus puts that in the Scripture. God, by the Spirit of the Lord, makes sure this is written in the Scripture. Your father Abraham leapt for joy, jumped for joy. He exulted in the expectation, in the desire to see my day. He lived in that expectation. And once again, the day of the Lord is one day. And every time 
that the Spirit of the Lord prepares the ground of our heart, the ground of our soul, to turn, to behold the one who is present in the midst, we behold the same day because Christ Himself is the day. We behold the same one. Rejoiced to see my day. And I love this. I love this. And He saw it. Yes, I know in Hebrews it says, you know, they, they, they saw from afar. It was from afar, from without. Well, yeah, they weren't born again. For us who are born again, Christ is not afar. He is nigh. He is in, on the inside. We're just ignorant of the one who's present in the soul from the moment of new birth. And the same expectation is to rule, is to govern, is to reign in our own heart and soul. Abraham rejoiced, leapt for joy in expectation to see my day. And he saw it. <clears throat> and was glad. This is... This is the whole summation of the matter. Forgive me, I've got the word asunto in my mind. The issue, that's what it is. Now, now I'm thinking in Spanish and trying to translate it in English. It's kind of weird. I've never experienced that before. Uh, <clears throat> the whole, actually I have in a couple of classes. It's pretty wild. The whole issue of the matter is one of being an expectation of beholding the Lord. And not only beholding the Lord, or excuse me, not only being an expectation of beholding the Lord, but actually come to the realization of beholding that very one. This is the purpose for which our souls were created. And I love that. Jesus Jesus said, I mean, He says it plainly. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. To see my day. And He doesn't say, He does not say, and He hoped that someday He would see. No. And He saw. But brothers and sisters, just like these Jews right here that believed, they don't see the one who's in the midst. It's as though Jesus hid himself. Well, Christ, the Son of God, is hid to the natural eye, to the natural ear, to the natural senses, to the natural brain, to the natural mind. But we, we, we read it in Corinthians, what I cannot nor can ever see, what ear cannot hear nor can ever hear, it has pleased God to reveal unto us by His Spirit. He reveals His Son. Remember? Unto a land I will show thee. And what does God show when Abram finally comes to the end, to the goal, to the land? He shows Himself, the One who is in the land. And we know from our, from our previous classes, the Lord didn't show Himself until Abram came to that end. To that land. And now Abram beholds the one who is present 
in the land. And we are to behold in like manner the one who is present. But greater, brother and sister, greater for us. Why? Because with Abraham, once again, it was from afar, from without, on the outside, from afar. But for us who are born again, Christ is in us, in the soul already. Greater. <clears throat> Even John, I think it was the Apostle John who said it, greater is he that is in you. Not greater is he that is on the outside and will help you. No, no. Greater is he who is in you. In you. <clears throat> we just do not see the greater. We do not see the him who is greater in the midst. But the Spirit of the Lord is present that we may see and behold the one who is in the midst. All right. Going on. Uh, this is Thayer's Greek lexicon. I just took a little excerpt out of it. Uh, for this same term, rejoiced, agaliao. It says um, that he should see rejoiced because it had been promised him that he should see. And see, I'm not sure uh, where exactly um, Thayer went with this, and maybe I, I don't remember if I read it, but I only took that little lecture out because, listen to this, he rejoiced that he should, should rejoiced because it had been promised him that he should see unto a land I will show thee and what God showed what the Lord showed what the God of glory showed unto Abraham was himself See, there, uh, of all the promises, this is the eternal promise, the divine promise for the soul. And when the soul comes to new birth, it remains the same. The expectation, the eternal, the divine expectation remains the same. It remains the same. It doesn't change. It doesn't change from one moment to the next. No, it remains the same. That he should see, rejoiced because it had been promised him that he should see. And yes, from verse 56, and he saw. And see, we always, what we end up doing, we put it off until someday. We, we are the excuse. We make the excuse. We say, no, Lord, I know that someday, you know, when I die, then, then I'll see you, you know. No, no, no. When I die in the flesh, no, 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 no. No. This Abraham saw before he died in the flesh. That promise was there for Abraham. Verse 56 of John chapter 8. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, that he would see my day. And he saw it and was glad. He didn't put it off. Now, during the time when he was in uh, Haran, he may have put it off because he had not seen the Lord at that, uh, at that moment. And then, yes, I guess you could have 
he could have very well said, well, someday, hopefully, maybe I'll see the Lord. One day, hopefully, I'll see the land that God wants to, God wanted to show me from the beginning. Well, all that was there because his heart just wasn't ready. His heart, the ground of his heart just was not prepared. The ground of his soul was just not prepared to bear such an appearing of the Lord. But praise God, the Spirit of the Lord continued preparing the ground of his heart, preparing the ground of his soul until it was. And then the Lord speaks the same. The Lord calls the same. The Lord declares the same, declares reality, declares purpose. And now Abram, by the Spirit of the Lord, responds and sees. I love that. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it. The Jews, these Jews, looked up unto Abraham as someone who walked with God, a friend of God. They wanted they wanted to they wanted to be like Abraham. Right? Even Jesus calls them out. If if you were the sons of Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. If Abraham were your father, you would do the works of Abraham. But they weren't doing the works of Abraham because they were not living in the divine expectation. They were not continuing in the divine expectation. See, Abraham rejoiced to see Christ, to see the Messiah, to see the Son of the living God. And yet these Jews right here, all they wanted to do was pick up stones and stone the very one that Abraham existed to see. The very, the very reason, purpose for which Abraham existed and the very love for which he existed, these Jews were completely contrary to Abraham. All right, <clears throat> just going on. This is the Loenida, uh, Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament. The same term, agaliao, uh, Listen to what they have here. To experience a state of great joy and gladness. To experience. Should we not all who are born again experience our salvation who's present? Listen to the way I said it. Our salvation who who is present? See, salvation is not something separate than Christ himself. Salvation is not separate from the Son. No. The Son is salvation. Where the Son is present, salvation is present. And Abraham recognized this. What good are all these things, are all your blessings, are all your gifts, if they're apart from the Son? If the Son is not present? No, to Abraham. eh? Abraham, at that time, was was governed by the understanding of God to whatever degree. And he knew the whole issue revolved around one son, the Son of God, the greater. To experience a state of great joy and gladness, 
often involving verbal expression and appropriate body movement. Once again, um, to jump for joy. To be extremely joyful, to be overjoyed, to rejoice greatly. <clears throat> and uh, let's see. This is the New International Dictionary of the New Testament of New Testament Theology, the abridged edition. And it was in reading, well, it was in reading actually this, uh, this dictionary um, and reading several other commentators that I, I just, I, their whole thing about timeline, you know, putting things on a timeline, on a time scale. But once again, God is not bound to time. He doesn't fit in our time scale. He is above. He's outside of time. He's not of this world of time. He's not bound by time. He's eternal. But I just saw just a bunch of you know commentators how they're still so bound by time. You know? And therefore they put off the divine expectation, the beholding of the one who's in the midst till a future date. You know, maybe someday in the future when it is not so. It is not so. I love this. And Jesus declares reality right in their midst. Your father Abraham rejoiced in expectation that he would see my day and he saw it. And he saw Again, and again, and again, and again. Remember, it's all still the same. It's the same. It doesn't change. Once again, uh, Acts chapter 26, verse 16, uh, with James Murdoch's translation of the Sirk Pishido. Jesus speaking to Saul of Tarsus during the time when he appears, during his conversion. Jesus says this, I have appeared unto thee. I have not a message, not a doctrine, not a teaching, not a anything. I have appeared. I, the person, the God of glory, appeared unto our father Abraham. See, a message doesn't change things. Now, we, we may try to conform to a message. We may try to conform to a teaching. We may try to conform to a doctrine. But uh, if it's not on the inside, it just doesn't happen. There's no... There's no behavior modification with the Lord. It's either His Son or nothing. So once again, Acts chapter 26, verse 16, James Murdoch's translation is the Syriac Pishito, I have appeared unto thee. And because I have appeared unto thee, everything has changed. And so it does. And so it did with Saul during that time. To constitute thee a minister and a witness of this thy seeing me and of thy seeing me hereafter. And I love it. I mean, he declares the same thing that Jesus declared of, of Abraham right here. Paul, now a prisoner, he declares to King Agrippa, and King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. No, I was not. But, I mean, I, it's not there, but it's inferred. But, I continued obedient unto the heavenly vision. This thy seeing me and thy seeing me hereafter. He continued in the appearing of the Lord. How do you think that the Apostle Paul 
declared all that he declared by the Spirit of God, except he be beholding the very Christ, the Son of the living God. Paul beheld a person and then declared that person. All right, uh, going on, going on. Uh, this was that uh, the New International Dictionary of the New Testament Theology, abridged edition. Uh, it says, in the Septuagint, Agaliao and Agaliasis indicate the festive joy that expresses itself publicly, publicly over God's acts of salvation in the past and present. And then it gives uh, Psalm 32, verse uh 11 and I have verse 10 through 11 but I'm not going to read them because I know I'm already running out of time um, the significance of these words soon extended beyond the sphere of public worship Agaliao came to express both corporate and individual attitudes of thankful joy before God it gives a bunch of other verses as well but we're not going to read them um not only for past experiences of God's salvation, but for his faithful dealings that are still future. And there you go. They start bringing in the future. Well, future is this. Thy seeing me, and thy seeing me from this moment onward. Not thy seeing me someday in the future. No, no. Remember, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw. Abraham rejoiced to see me and he saw me. Remember, the whole issue with the Jews, are you greater than our father Abraham? Have you seen our father Abraham? The issue is not about seeing Abraham. The issue is about seeing Christ, the son of the living God. That's the whole issue. And whether we are seeing him now or not, Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day and he saw. All right. <clears throat> because they are insured by Yahweh. Okay. And then it has uh, some more and then it gives a couple of different verse verses and we're definitely not going to look at this. We're not going to touch on it. Oh, I've got I've got Barn note, Barnes Notes commentary, the Cambridge Bible for Schools and Colleges commentary, Baker's New Testament commentary. We're not going to be able to touch on any of this. <clears throat> but I want us to look at uh, one thing because I'm pretty much running out of time. One of the verses that he, that he mentioned, and I shared this, in fact, this was the whole, ended up being the whole theme of uh, one of my Spanish classes. Actually, I'll just flip to it right here. Uh, the Berea class was uh, Psalm 89 where in the Septuagint you find the same term in the Septuagint which is the Greek Old Testament the Old Testament written in Greek And but I want us to look at this uh, Psalm 89 and I want us to look at verses 1 through 4 I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever do you see? I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. 
For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. The seed. Abraham. The whole issue with Abraham is a seed, is a son. With David, the whole issue with David, a seed, a son, a throne. All right. But it begins with mercies, the mercies of God. It's very specific here, just a little bit. I mean, he lays it out. I love that. Mercies and faithful, the faithfulness of God. Faithful, faithful to the Son, faithful to the seed. Uh, I just want to pick up real quick with verse uh, 14. Just uh, verse 14 through 18. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. The mercy of God and the truth of God shall go preparing the ground before thy face. To prepare the way before Him. To prepare the ground of the heart. To prepare the ground of the soul. For what? Thy face. The face of the Lord. The coming of the Lord. The appearing of the Lord. I love that. Do you see? He just, in the psalmist right here, he just makes it real clear. He starts, he's going to paint the picture from beginning to end. He's just going to declare the end from the beginning. And that's what he does with verse 14. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. He gives, he sets forth the expectation from the very beginning. And how? to come to attain unto that expectation. How to realize that expectation? By the mercy and truth of God that prepares the ground of the heart, the ground of the soul for such an expectation. Right? Verse 15. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. That know the joyful sound of expectation being realized. Of coming to the realization of the eternal, the divine expectation of God. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of Thy countenance. They shall walk just as Abraham walked. Now, arise, walk through the land. The length, the breadth, the width, the height. Just like Paul declares, the length, the breadth, the width, the height. Oh, the the treasures of the wisdom of the knowledge of Christ. Of the one whom he is beholding. Once again, Abraham saw, rejoiced that he would see my day. And he saw it. And was glad. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day. And in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength 
and in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defense, and the Holy One of Israel is our King. Expectation realized, the results of expectation being realized, the, Holy, the Lord is our defense. We recognize now the Lord is our defense. The Lord keeps us. I am thy shield, thy exceedingly great reward, keeps us on the purpose, and the Holy One of Israel is our King. Now the Holy One of Israel now governs where He has appeared. But it's all based on coming to the expectation of God coming to the eternal expectation, the divine expectation, the light of his countenance, and continuing walking in the light of his countenance. It doesn't change, brother and sister. It doesn't change. It was declared, the purpose of God is declared from the very beginning and is declared throughout that our hearts that the ground of our hearts, the ground of our soul, would be prepared by the Spirit of the Lord that it may turn to behold the Son of the living God. And it doesn't change. And I love this. Jesus doesn't put it off. Jesus doesn't say, well, Abraham, you know, he, he hoped to see my day and, well, someday... Uh, he just lived in that expectation. Well, he lived in the expectation and he lived in the realization of that expectation. And Jesus declares it. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. He lived in the expectation of beholding the face of the living God in Christ, the Son of the living God. And he saw. This is Abraham. Gosh, I could go on. I already know I've already gone past time. Maybe I might just touch on a couple of highlights. Here's uh, Baker's New Testament commentary. Uh, it says, the way he translated that verse, it says, uh, Abraham, Abraham, your father, was extremely happy that he was to see my day. The expectation made him extremely happy. And he saw it and rejoiced. And that expectation was realized. And then it goes on, he says, uh, of Abraham, he yearned for that day. Looking forward to it with eager anticipation. And when it arrived, when it arrived, when the day dawned, he saw it and rejoiced. Real quick, <clears throat> Barnes notes, and this is just for the, the verse, John eight fifty six. So was that other one? Listen to this. The term rejoiced. It says, this word includes the notion of desire as well as rejoicing. It denotes the act, that act of when compelled with strong desire for an object, we leap forward toward its, its attainment with joy. And it expresses the fact that it was that this was an object that filled the heart of Abraham with joy and that he earnestly desired to see it. Remember, as I stated at the very beginning of the class, 
you'll set the ark out before you when they were about to cross uh, with, with Joshua and Israel with the head and the body with the sun coming into the land and yet what governs the body at that time you shall set the ark out before you and when you see it go for it there was the expectation I love that it denotes that that act when compelled with strong desire for an object we leap forward toward its attainment with joy and it expresses the fact that this was an object that filled the heart of Abraham with joy and that he earnestly desired to see it. And he saw it indeed again and again and again and again. Even the Apostle Paul, forgetting that which is behind, pressing on unto that which is before the high calling of God, the eternal calling of God, the above invitation of God, once again, in Christ Jesus. The, <clears throat> this is the, the Cambridge Bible for schools and colleges. Just real quick, I'll just read this. last two couple things here. It says, uh, rejoice to see my day. It says, uh, literally exalted that he might see my day. The object of his joy being represented as the goal to which his heart is directed. This is, remark- uh, this is a remarkable instance of St. John's uh, preference for the construction expressing a purpose, a goal, a purpose, an end in view. The beholding of the one who is present in the land. And for us, brothers and sisters, it is beholding the one who is present in the midst of the soul. The one who fills the very soul with the glory of God because Christ, the Son of the living God, is the very glory of God the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. All right. uh, then just the last comment here. This is verse uh, 57 that from the Believer's Bible Commentary. Verse uh, 57 says, Once again the Jews revealed their inability to understand divine truth. Jesus had said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, but they answered as though he had said that Abraham... That he, or excuse me, that he had seen Abraham. We actually covered this earlier. Uh, there is a great difference here. The Lord Jesus claimed for himself a position greater than Abraham. He was the object of Abraham's thoughts and hopes. And as I stated before, brother and sister, as we continue in the tender mercy and ever abounding grace of the Lord, of God Himself. <clears throat> beholding the face of Christ himself will be as well unto us the object of our thoughts and hopes, the expectation that governs our heart, the expectation that fills our heart, that causes us to desire to lay hold of. Forgetting everything that's behind, all of our concepts, all of our thoughts, to just lay hold of, go forward. So, I'll go ahead and let you all go for this uh, class. I know I've gone over on time. Forgive me for that.
but this is the divine expectation. This is the divine expectation that governed the heart of Abraham. And he realized this expectation again and again and again and again. This expectation was realized in Abraham every time the Lord appeared. And this expectation is to be realized in every single born-again believer every time the Lord appears. Every time the Father reveals the Son who is in the midst. Every time the heart turns unto the Lord to behold Him who is present. Every time the Spirit of the Lord has prepared the ground of our heart, the ground of our soul, to bear a greater appearing of Christ, the Son of the living God, the One who is present. So, may the Spirit of the Lord continue preparing the ground of our heart, the ground of our soul, for such an expectation. And may we, by the mercy and truth of God, realize this expectation in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. May it be said of us, just as Abraham, Jesus said of Abraham, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. And he saw it. May we see this very same one. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'll leave you for this class. If if not, we can, we're going to go on and on and on and on, because there is no end to the beholding of the one who is in the midst. And this, my brother and sister, is of God. Amen.